Hello and thank you for listening to 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. And I'm Tom. And this is the June Decade of Decadence show 2020, sponsored by Dean of the Dead Hot Sources. And Tom, a little bit of hot talk. Dean, we've got a few things to uh, say. And I know I want to uh, ask you as well, because you've you've put pre-order in with him, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got some new... <coughs> Excuse me. He's got some new stuff out. Um, he's got his chilli jams out. Yeah, there's a new one, because we talked yeah, last time, didn't we, about um, Night of the Living Spread? The, yeah, the pineapple and scotch bonnet one, but there's Evil Spread. Evil Spread. Is, um, <laughs> Raspberry and Carolina Reaper. <gasps> oh, that sounds good. I am going to buy both of these chilli jams when I get paid next week. That's brilliant. I but know. source-wise, source-wise mm-hmm. there's a limited run of uh, an, an American in... Oh, no, American Werewolf in London, spit it out, which is um, tropical fruit and red pepper cayenne sauce, cayenne sauce. Oh. So oh, that's what I pre-ordered, one of them. Awesome. Yeah, that's five a limited pounds, one. Five pounds for that. Bargain, mate. Absolute bargain. Um, I know that an, an American Werewolf in London sauce and the Evil Spread jam, neither of those are on the website yet. Um, no, um, if you go about the, uh, his Instagram, if you uh, follow the instructions on his Instagram, which is Dean of the Dead 666, you'll be able to get some. That's great. And of course, all links to Dean will be in the podcast notes for this. Uh, so, yeah, I would encourage if you people, if you if you want some and you should be getting some, uh, get your pre-orders in quick because I think they're going to sell so well. Yeah, I yeah. cannot wait to, uh, to try these. Yeah. Limited edition hot sauce. Grab that. Grab this new uh, chili jam, and yeah, and grab the other chili jam while you're at it. You know, like like you, Tom, may as well. Uh, and of course, it's month two of his uh, t-shirts that he's doing. He's doing one a month for a year. Each one is designed by a different tattoo artist. And I've got to say, I know this is only the second of twelve. It's my favourite so far, the June one. Picture of it will be on the website, so go to the website for this episode. It is brilliant. Uh, I could describe it, but I won't. Go and visit the website and have a look. But it's going to take some beating for me, this one. And uh, I think I'm going to order this, because I really like it a lot. The first one was good, but this one really tickled my fancy. Uh, Also with Dean, by the time you hear this, part two of his new YouTube series will be up. So have a look at that, subscribe. Uh, and also had some great news that he was due, and I think we've said this in the previous episode, to appear at the BBC Good Food Show this year before yes. the world went tits up. Uh, he's been accepted. He's in it next year. So he'll be in the BBC oh, Good fantastic. Food Show next year. Yes, that's really good news. Uh, and of course, he's got a place in For the Love of Horror in Manchester, which is uh, all being well October this year. So right. again, some more places uh, where you can already see dean in the flesh try all his sources and his jams and of course buy some uh so all the links for dean will be in the podcast notes his website facebook instagram twitter follow him on everything and get ordering and enjoy more than anything enjoy the stuff because it's all really good natural uh fruit based and i had some more my usual exorcist tonight mate as i always do (laughs) Anything, anything at all. Uh, so yeah, good news, good news from Dean. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, I know you've got a lot to talk about. I'll just come in with one thing before I pass it over to you, mate. We've talked about in the last few episodes Josh Gad and his YouTube channel, and he's having yes. all the talks, isn't he? Yeah, that's just one of my things. So. Uh... Oh well, go, go on. I shall let you carry on then. Oh well, you, you don't have to, Dave. You can you can you can talk about it yourself, and then we could talk about it. Well, it was which of the two that we've already covered? There was Ghost, uh, not Ghostbusters. That's because I'm looking at the bloody notes. Spoiler. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Future was last month, wasn't it? Yeah. And then before that was Goonies. Yeah, he did Splash as well, but I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch that one. But we've got Ghostbusters now, and we've got incoming very soon, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, the Ghostbusters one, I thought they might get Rick Moranis, because obviously as we spoke about him last time, you know, on that um, Disney show on Disney Plus, about the props. I was just like, oh, well, he's, he's knocking about. You know, surely he, you know, doesn't even need to leave the house. But, yeah, mm. that was a little shame. But everyone else was there. Yeah, it's good. He's doing so many 80s-related talks with these, you know, reunion yeah, shows. You know, the, um, the next one is the final one. So, oh. yeah, the Ferris Bueller one, which will be has got to be landing any time now, um, is the last one. Well, he says it's like the series finale or the season. Like, hopefully he'll come back and do some more because there have been a... They've been a lot of fun and also raised money for charity, which is also good. Yeah, yeah. Really popular. It's something that, you know, hopefully it is just Series 1 and he comes back with Series 2. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And stays in the 80s, which is always good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Go on then, mate. What have you got for me? Well, what else have I got? Well, I watched a film the other night, Shocker, uh, that was a film that's never been released from the 80s. Um like, I think anyone into, you know, your sort of cheesy 80s horror will know the film Grizzly 2, Revenge, or Grizzly 2, The Predator, or Grizzly 2, The Concert, which was a <laughs> sequel to the 1976 Christopher George film Grizzly. I think it's 1976. Um, yeah, it's the after Jaws, because all these films are Jaws ripoffs, aren't they? Yeah. Um, which is like a supremely entertaining um, movie, which is on Prime, if you haven't seen it. Um Anyway, so this film was made in, like, 82, 83, and they ran out of money, I think. Uh, we're filming in, like, Bulgaria or somewhere in Europe. Uh, ran out of money, and it never got finished. Um, there's been a work print, like, kicking around um, the internet for years, like, you know, shoddy quality. You asked, you mentioned when I was um, talking to you about it earlier in the week, you are like, oh, I don't think I've seen it. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you've not seen this one. <laughs> Because of like, unless you wanted to dig out a work print of it, but it's notable, of course, for having um, the teens at the beginning. The sexy teens were George Clooney, Charlie Sheen, and Laura Dern. Wow. So, um, who are? I'll get to that. So yeah, so there was <laughs> footage existed, but it was never finished. So someone's gone in in 2019, 2020, um, taken the work print footage, remastered it. Um, and just done some insert stuff, so it's a film. Mm. So, so what? And with this, they've put Clooney, Sheen, and Dern like top credits. They're in it for about five minutes at the start. Oh, They're teens in a movie with a killer bear. <laughs> yeah, they're in at the start. It's not a massive shite. Uh, massive spoiler as to what's going to happen to them. Mm. Um, 
but it's also got Louise Fletcher in it and all sorts. There's quite a few uh, Timothy Spools in it, uncredited. Oh God! Uh, yeah, it's quite. There's a lot of familiar faces, which is uh, which is quite cool. Um, so I said the shot inserts. Some of it works, some of it absolutely doesn't, and is very questionable. It's like so. It starts. I'm not going to go full into it, but like it starts with a like a over. You, overlooking a forest and it's clearly something that was shot in the last couple of years mm-hmm. it's you could just tell and then there's other inserts near the start around the start where there's inserts of shots of bears and wildlife and animals still clearly shot in the last couple of years and then it you know starts cutting to the um Clooney and Charlie Sheen and Laura Dern and that's clearly 80s even though like they've done a really good job of um cleaning it up really nice picture for considering their only source was this work print i would have mm-hmm. thought um so it, it is jarring at first you know like that's obviously a, a present day bear that's obviously a present day like long shot of a forest yeah um but then i you know i was like kind of got used to it. it's just like well you know they had to put something in i guess you know and then it gets to the concert as one of the titles is and they shot this at a metal festival in 1983 in Europe. So you've got all the long, you've got these shots of a crowd coming in, and they're all in their wasp shirts. It may, actually wasp shirts, so it's probably a little later than 1983. Um, and warlock shirts and stuff like that, like full-on metalers. Yeah. And there's a lot of the original footage of a concert, and that goes on for quite a while, probably too long. That's when the wheels start to fall off of this insert stuff. Some reasons passing understanding. Like, they've got a lot of footage of this concert. A lot of footage. Like, the running time of the re-edited movie is 74 minutes. I think it was originally, like, going to be, like, an hour and a half. So they've cut some stuff out. I don't know what, if that's, if that 97-minute thing on IMDb was correct. Yeah. And there's just a lot of footage of a concert, which is fine. And you can cut back to, like, the plot stuff with a bear. But then they started doing inserts of like crowds. They had in, those shots of a crowd from the eighties. Fine. Then they started doing these weird insert shots of crowds from just outside, like in like a park thing. Like obviously shot in the last couple of years, and that really was just like what? What was this? And then there was a shot of the stage at this festival, which was outside. And then it really did this quick insert of like a band playing in a in small indoor building, like the TIV, say, if you were like looking front and centre with a TIV and it was quite dark all around. Yeah. Still clearly indoors. I was just like, what the fuck they do that for? Then the real what the fuck they did that for was got, they had a band, a present day band, do another song, making this concert bit even longer. <laughs> oh, no. And this band, like they were trying, they were trying to make it out like they were playing to this 80s, this festival crowd in the 80s but they were just in a dark room and the singer was singing to the camera and, was and it was it, a song was it a metal song, song as well no <laughs> oh, God. which isn't that's not really the problem because a lot of the bands in the 80s thing were all like electro pop stuff which didn't like the, the crowd some of the shots of the crowd from the 80s they looked bored which was quite funny um <laughs> but yeah and it's just like why have you choked like it must be there like whoever made it's in this band as well or the mates of this band yeah because it serves no purpose and it's just like you could sort of get away with all the other inserts but this was just ridiculous the song doesn't even sound of its of the time of the 80s and it's just really like 
you could have just made this film 72 minutes instead of 74 and not had that and cut a bit yeah, of the, yeah. cut a little bit of the um, concert stuff out um, and then that same song plays on the end credits as well and it's a bit like oh that's a bit you know you just think oh, someone's mate will like oh I'm in a band too I'm going to put my, my band in this film no we don't want to see a fucking band <laughs> but the positives the stuff the footage from the 80s is top notch John Reese davis is in it as a French Canadian um, woodsman bear hunter and he is a riot in it I sent you a clip of a completely contextless scene um, where this guy who's the headliner of a gig tells this woman that he's just like he's a traveling man he doesn't want to be held down and you know it's all just a joke and a laugh to him you know going around and sleeping with him which was hilarious like I think on Letterboxd I gave it three stars but that is purely the 80s stuff like was a lot of fun so you can see why one, people wanted to go back in there and redo yeah, it yeah 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 so, there's a lot of good there, but it's just how they did it in the end. Like I, you get like you get used to the forest shots and the bear shots. You're like, well, they had to put something in there, and there's really not a lot of shots of a bear in the eighty stuff, so they had to put something. Absolutely understandable. But why have you put your mate's band in there? Yeah, just that's pointless. pointless. Yeah, it does sound it. It does sound it. Is there any gore in it at all? Is there any like blood it's and guts? Nothing major, but it's it's more for the cheese. Um, I watched it. Um, I there was a Tokyo Film Festival. Um, I think, I think I've got to, till tomorrow if I wanted to watch again. I think the festival they were releasing clumps of films in different categories every week, basically, because obviously, like most festivals, film festivals and any festivals, not happening. So it's doing it's happening online, mm. and you could rent um, each batch of films. It was like sixteen films. Didn't watch any of the others. <laughs> <laughs> You but, just wanted um, Grizzly 2. Yeah, that was £8. It's like, oh, you know what, it's Grizzly 2. This is, you know, like, be one of the first to see it. And, like, mm. you look on Letterboxd, no, I think one other person has watched this version of it. So, you're like, yeah, get in there and, um, you know, be one of the first people in the world to finally see it in as complete a form as it's ever going to be. But it is a game of two halves. The AU stuff is absolutely worthwhile restoring and it's great to see it. But, whew, fucking hell, what were, what were they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what were they thinking with some of the rest of the inserts but yeah when like it's going to come out more places I think it's like the Cannes Film Festival it's screening at, don't laugh but it's screening at the Cannes Film Festival online um, <laughs> obviously a lot of stuff at Cannes won't be streaming online of course because it's like big new films what big new films yeah, are yeah. but you know stuff like Grizzly. so um, the website is I think it's like grizzly2themovie.com um but this is how I found out about it. Do you know if it's going to get like a physical disc release then? I would think so, but what I'd do is um, the website is grizzly2revenge.com and it's the number two. Mm. And um, yeah, the Tokyo Lifter Film Festival. Um, I think there's going to be a lot, like you say, isn't there? Even through this year as well, a lot of film festivals that were going to happen. Because uh, Fright Fest here in the UK, that's online, isn't it? Later, later in the year. Yes, that was enough. That was another one of my my things, Dave. Oh, I'm I'm like psychic shit, powers. Shitting all over it. Um, <laughs> yes, I was going to see again too. Yeah, talking of film festivals online, Fright Fest. Um, I've been for a couple of years, I guess, in a manner of speaking. Like we did a Chris Howard and I did a day a couple of years ago. Um, like the Sunday, I think, one year. And then last year, we went to the Dario Argento book signing and met him. 
And then we watched a film, a single film, Bliss, uh, which you've seen, of course. No, we still haven't seen it. Oh, have you not? Oh, I thought no. you had viewed it. I'm sorry. No, not yet, no. Um, and then we went to the Halloween one last year as well. Yeah. Um, always a good always good fun. And, like, you know, it was in my, so, you know, when you've got plans. And, oh, yeah, I may do all the Fright Fest this year. I've, I guess I am doing all the Fright Fest this year. Like, it'll be uh, sat on my ass at home <laughs> watching it all on telly because they're doing, like, 25 films. It's going to do some Q&As and, like, interviews and stuff. So over the course of a bank holiday weekend, which is the last weekend in August. So, um, yeah, like I think it's the 1st of August, um, like festival passes and tickets to individual films go on sale. Like, obviously, it's not going to be as much as normal Fright Fest. But, yeah, uh, yeah I think I'm just going to do the whole lot and spend the whole August bank holiday watching some brand new horror. That's a good way to use your new TV as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um That'd be very nice, very nice. Because some of them, like, they're still, like, it's July, well, almost July now, and um, they're still every now and again, like, one of the ones I saw last October, just, like, uh, Chris messaged me the other day saying one of them, it was atrocious and the worst one of the night of the day, but Halloween one's just gone on Prime, so. It's called, oh, just as a, as a warning, it's called Candy Corn, it's got Tony Todd in, don't do it. <laughs> don't watch it, guys, it's shocking. And it's not called, it's not just called Candy Corn, the director, who I believe is the first time directors put his name your credit, so it's you know blanks candy corn like he's. Oh my god! Like it takes some balls to do that. <laughs> oh dear, as if that's a selling point. Yeah, so uh, yeah, don't do it, guys. Don't do it. This is a warning. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to doing that. Mm, sounds good. What am I going to talk about next, Dave? What's next? Um. Well, I've got deaths. Oh, cool. <laughs> you know me, cheer everybody oh, up. That'll pick us up in this time, won't it? <laughs> what have you got next, Tom? Um, no, do you do your deaths, because then we'll just end on deaths, won't we? So Yeah, we don't want to end on deaths, do we? That's not a good way <laughs> to finish this section. Uh, deaths. <laughs> uh, shouldn't be really laughing, should I? Well, <laughs> coming into a bit about yes, deaths. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, caught Joel Schumacher passed away not oh, too long ago. Yeah. Um, aged eighty, I didn't realise he was that old. To be completely honest with you, uh, big big output of films as director. Of course, the main one for the eighties, as far as well, as far as I'm concerned, I think I can safely say, as far as we're concerned, Lost Boys. Uh, what a classic! Um, oh, yeah, Lost Boys. Yeah, I watched it again the other night. Just fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Another. One for me, which I think we've mentioned on the show before. Um, I, have, I I feel like it's something we talked about when Dr. Tom, Tom Phillips, was on here. And that was St. Elmo's Fire. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, oh, man, I've got, like, I know. Like, I, know, I, know I, can, I can feel people rolling their eyes. I know. But I love it. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, but, so, yeah, Flatliners, Tigerland, Phone Booth good output mate more and but still people will remember him because he did batman and robin yeah which is a shame because he did the fucking lost boys as well so. yeah come on <laughs> you can forgive him that and uh and looking back on batman and robin now is it is that slab of cheese that we do you know we do yeah it's not to watch on my own no 
but yeah, around people, yeah. yeah, it is. It is a good one to watch in that in that certain atmosphere. It does have something. Somebody else that we lost as well since we last recorded, aged only sixty four. Now, when I say this name, I'm sure many listeners, maybe most listeners, will be going, "Who the hell is that?" Kurt Thomas, uh, a guy that has not got a big uh, filmography, but you just need Jim Carter. That's all you need. Just watch him in Jim Carter. He was a professional athlete, and that is in my all-time top ten. Uh, I don't even want to say guilty pleasures, because they are pleasures, with the likes of Samurai Cop, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, you know all the other ones. Um, yeah. yeah, Jim Carter is awesome. Uh, and yeah, he, didn't, he passed away 64. Yeah, a fit guy like that, that as well, you think, you know? Yeah, I... I, um, I uh, obviously, Jim Carter's a film... But I just couldn't get. I just didn't get it, did I? I just <laughs> didn't click with it in a bad film way. So oh, I, I love it. I felt I felt like I let everyone down. <laughs> Maybe it's worth a rewatch at some point, Tom. Yeah, because I did it. Um, I did it on my own, and it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I watched it with Andrew and Chloe um, ages ago, and it didn't work for any of us. Wow, it was really weird. Maybe we should hold it back for when we can meet up, Tom, and we'll watch it together. Yeah, I mean, why not? But yeah. I, if, if I if, if I say turn it off, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got long. Turn it off. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but obviously, terribly sad. Sixty-four is no age, and no. Uh, especially if, like as a former athlete. You'd, yeah, uh, yeah. But um, but uh, yeah, that is that is a shame. Mm-hmm. Go on then, Tom. What else have you got? Okay, so I watched this film on Prime, and you, you you like Charles Bronson, don't you? Of course I do, yeah. So you you're aware of of Robert Bronzy, right? You've got to say no to that, Robert Bronzy. Have you not heard? Like, okay, do you know that there's a guy who looks exactly like Charles Bronson, and he's making very similar films to Charles Bronson because he looks like Charles Bronson. No. Oh, holy shit. Okay, it's called Robert Bronzy. And there's a film on Prime <laughs> called Death Kiss. Like, Death Wish. Okay. And it's like, he's a vigilante. He's a mysterious past. He's, you know, he's killing rapists and murderers and muggers and blah, blah, blah. And this man, I am going to um, be unprofessional because I thought you might have heard of this. I'm going to show you what he looks like. Okay. Well, this the picture you send me, I shall put in the podcast notes so everybody. Uh, I know well, you can Google it, but go go to the website. The one, uh, yeah, yeah. People might be googling it as we speak. So the one I'm looking for is um, it's uncanny. How old is he then? And are these films that are being made now? Or? He looks like Bronson in the late '70s, early '80s, basically. Nice. That's a good look. So, are these new films then? Yeah. So, um, definitely. Oh my word. Holy shit! Yeah, if you haven't googled it, people already uh, just go to the website and have a look. Because so he's a dead. It's pretty impressive. He's a dead ringer. It's there's points in Death Kiss where you just like you're just like fucking hell. The film's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's not great. Um, but it's like. They do say everybody's got a double, though, don't they? And he's yeah. definitely Charlie Bronson's double. Yeah, it's just like like I, I saw it as curi- like curiosity got the better of me, and it looks just like him. And like I still think like even though I said it was rubbish, you should watch the film. Oh, I'm uh, intrigued. Yeah, I think I will watch it. 
he's he's done a couple of west he's done a western now which is like obviously bronson you know once upon a time in west he's called mm-hmm. once upon a time in deadwood came out last year so um, they're riffing on the each title as well as him looking yeah then there's this seems to be a uh horror mashup from 2017 uh from hell to the wild west and then there's a new one out this year called cry havoc um so it's, it's quite prolific then with the films that they're making with him it's not just like a one-off, obviously. No, and like, I'm going to watch more of them because it's just weird curiosity, and he looks <laughs> just like him. Thing is, he is um, European, and I'm not sure if he can speak English. So in Death Kiss, he is dubbed, and the dub, like, not only does it not, like, if you're going to dub him, get someone who sounds like Charles Bronson. Yeah. And if you're going to dub him, he... he and then they didn't even do that. It's just like, he sounds like this. Like, really, like, he doesn't even suit the guy. Oh, dear me. But, um, I don't know if they improve that in later films because um, yeah. my mate was just like, why don't you just get that guy out of The Simpsons? But hey, Betty, what are you doing, guy? You know, like, he's in, like, <laughs> he props up as, you know, that the Bronson voice in The Simpsons. Just, like, just get him. I don't know if that's Hank Azaria or someone, but like, there must be people who can do a Bronson voice who could just do this. I don't know, would that make it too weird? Yeah, it will definitely add another layer of weirdness to it. I would have thought if they get somebody whose who's voice is similar to, to overdub it. But yeah. uh, why not? If you go in for you know, similarity with everything else, go for the voice. So, I yeah, like it's not great, but I recommend Death Kiss on Prime because it's just like every now and then there's a big shootout scene in like an abandoned um, junkyard car park thing. And it's just like... You're just like fucking hell. He's, he's absolute Charlie's back. Yeah, in a way. <laughs> Death can't hold him down. No, nothing can stop him. That's how hard Charlie fucking Bronson is. It's, oh yeah, I think I'm definitely. I think uh, Death Kiss will be my starting point. Thank you, mate. I will go for that. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else? Um, I finished my. I've just this afternoon finished the X Files. Six months wow. of my life. Started in December. It's like just the end of July now. June no, it's not, it's the end of June now. And uh yeah, done. And what was it like revisiting the X Files? I couldn't remember loads of the episodes. Like I'd seen them all before, but then and there were some, like there's one where like some like main characters were killed off and I was just like, They killed them? <laughs> so like, I've definitely watched it before. Um, mm. it, obviously, like, like the best season, season six, and then it starts to dip, and that second film's not very good. Mm. And then the mini seasons, like the first one was meh. But the second one, there was a nice little run of episodes who were actually quite decent, and then the ending was an absolute wet fart. So, mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, when you're just watching something constantly for six months, I mean, not constantly, I did have a few weeks break here and there but um yeah i'm on to quantum leap on blue right now oh god so there's like another good few months going going through yeah that now. yeah that's that's only five seasons instead of technically 11 so and two yeah. moves uh, probably be as long but uh yep revisiting my childhood growing up nice bbc one. two on a thursday night i think oh. quantum leap classic classic yeah. time definitely a classic yeah hmm. right I, I think that's everything well, I've got one. I messaged you today, didn't I? I sent you a message. Oh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I, I teased you. I verbally oh. teased you over WhatsApp. 
um, and said I got something in the post um, that is 80s related and um, and you don't know what it is, so I'm going to tell you now. Oh. So I was very excited to get it. It's from Gary, Gary Tunnicliffe in Romania. I got a surprise package from him, mate. Um, and anybody who doesn't know who Gary Tunnicliffe is, just go on IMDb and type in Gary J. Tunnicliffe. And, of course, we've got two interview shows with him. Go and listen to them as well. Uh, anyway, and he's, you know Tom. You know he's sent me stuff in the past, isn't, hasn't he? All, all of a sudden, yeah. there'll be some that'll come through in the post, and it'll be, oh, my God, look what he sent. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a poster tube arrived from him, and in it were two posters. First one, uh, a poster for Hellraiser Hellworld, full hey. big sized Hellworld poster. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's where I met Gary. He was on the set of of Hellworld back in two thousand and two in Romania. Uh, he sent it me. He uh, what he wrote on it. I'll tell you off air, mate. I'm not going to put it on air because it was so, it was really personal. It's so nice what he, he wrote on it and signed it for me. A really lovely message, mate. And um, obviously that's going to be framed and up on the wall. So I've got this big Hellraiser Hellworld poster and lovely message and signed by Gary. So that was absolutely brilliant. Um, and the other one that was in it was a Scream 4 poster. And Ooh. of course, so he did the effects on Scream 4. And a few years ago, he sent me the one of the masks that was used in Scream 4 that he signed and um, Neef Campbell signed. Uh, yeah. The poster is signed. 20-odd um, people have signed it from cast and crew. Um, it's it's covered in signatures, mate, absolutely covered. Uh, and he said he sent me a message on WhatsApp when I said I'd got it. You know, I was like, holy shit, Gary, this is amazing. Thank you for both. Um, and I was, I said to him, I said, like, who's all of these signatures? Because you know, some people's signatures, you can't make it out, you know, yeah, like, so and so. Because of course, there's like, I can make out a lot of the actors and, you know, crew, even crew members just bring up IMDb. And he said, oh, I forget. He said, the only one that matters is that really big one in the middle of Wes Craven. It's fucking Wes Craven's oh, oh. signature right in the middle of it, mate. Um, so yeah, full sized cinema poster for Scream 4 with a shitload of, of autographs on. So. Yeah, absolutely amazing, mate. Out of the blue, it's um, yeah. I was I was quite dumbstruck when it arrived. I, I tried to I tried to leave him a voice message thanking him, and then I got lost for words, which is a bit shit when you send in a voice message and it just ends up being silent. So it's you crying. So oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, you have to send me a, a photo of the. Uh, I will do. I'll take some pictures. Yeah, so I'm going to get the Screen Four um, poster framed again. <laughs> That'll go up, and I'll put the the mask next to it as well. So that'll be a nice. Yeah, thing. that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, it's just trying to find room for everything. Because yeah, <laughs> you know what our house is like with movie posters up, and I've got my Steeler stuff, and Tina's got all of her artwork up everywhere. So no more wall space. No, this is it. It's it's crazy. So yeah, big big thanks to Gary for that. It's um, there's some nice people in the world. It's really good. So yeah, shall we take a break, mate, and come back because we've got two films to talk about. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back in just a few minutes. When crime took over the city, he came to clean it up. Muggers, rapists, and thugs, beware. Death wish started. The exterminator continued. The execution of part two will finish it. Thank you. 
part two. He's back. Starring Chris Mitchum and Aldo Ray. Excellent. And introducing Antoine John Matin. He is the judge, he is the jury, he is the executioner. He fought in the hell of Vietnam. fighting a war in the streets. He wants to bring crime down and see that it is dead and buried. The Executioner, part two. When the police can't stop the terror, the Executioner can. He's a one-man army in a battle for survival. Put it down, Mike. He is a master of hand-to-hand -hand combat, an urban guerrilla in the concrete jungle. On the rooftops, he's watching. Damn slime. He's waiting, and he will blow them away. He's coming to a theater near you. Rated R from 21st Century. Well, he says, trying to work up some enthusiasm. Let's talk about my first time watch pick from 1984 the executioner part two the sequel to a film that never existed <laughs> well or did I it Ooh. Ooh. apparently it's a sequel to the 1970 something early 1970s george peppard movie and i saw that mm. there was a film called the, Execu um, the executioner but i just looked at a plot and i was just like no nothing to do with this see like, i i read that too but I also read, because of the success of um, The Exterminator... Oh, that's all it was. They were... Oh, if people see The Execution at Part 2, they might get a little uh, bit confused yeah. and think it's a sequel to The Exterminator. Yeah, because I just I just wrote off the, the George Papard film because I was just like, well, no, that doesn't sound like... No. It sounds no. like a completely... Obviously, yeah. it's a film, but it sounds like plot-wise, no association at all. Yeah, but, and a massive so gap. use that to yeah. confuse... Uh, yeah, like, obviously, The Exterminator was the point of... It was just... A, yeah, OK, we'll talk about it. it yeah, it was, it was that. And it was the Stop. 80s. The 80s, they were, you know, banking on people being coked off the tits and going, oh, it's a sequel to that, and having no clue whatsoever. Uh, the it's currently a three point seven on IMDb. Generous. Generous. <laughs> it has a one sentence synopsis, which reads: An LA cop, <laughs> an LA cop, and a reporter team up to find a masked serial killer. So, 
the to just sum, sum up the story uh, a little bit it's uh it begins in vietnam it's the vietnam vets always a standard for a, his action movies let's get the vietnam vets in uh which i love i love films that star in those um and then it cuts to present day well you know 80s at the time obviously uh and two of the vets one of them is now a cop uh, the other one works in a garage as a mechanic and is crazy and spoiler he's the executioner <laughs> the cop has a daughter who is addicted to drugs uh, and really wants drugs and really really wants drugs and she'll do anything for drugs except do what the drug dealer wants her to do which is uh, sell her body basically uh, so he doesn't do she doesn't want to do that but she ends up doing it and the cop finds out the executioner is going around killing all the bad guys because he's a vigilante but he's also crazy uh the cop doesn't know his mate is the executioner until the end and obviously they have to face off together uh in it is a really bad the bad guy of the piece is known as the tattooed man even though he's only got three really shit tattoos how he, he it would have been better if we'd have been known as the shit tattoo man because maybe it's ironically it could be a little bit of irony there taking the piss out of him oh, yeah tattoo man uh he's mr casals uh and he's very swarth and and evil and he acts proper evil he should have had a mustache that he could twirl he is so evil now I'm gonna what I'm, a sigh. What a sigh. I know. I you know, Tom, you watched it first and you sent me a WhatsApp message going, Oh my god. <laughs> Can we I was I, I messaged you scolding you about it. <laughs> <laughs> can we have can we have some quality control on these first watch picks <laughs> because yeah, that was my wording because i was just like this is terrible this is terrible so i was like oh my god and we've watched some shit over the years so for me to get that from you tom i was like oh god what have i picked what have i picked so yeah i had the great idea because of the hot weather and everything not been sleeping properly i was up not long after five uh so yeah you know cup of tea and all that in the morning gets to just before six o'clock you know what i'll watch the executioner part two at six o'clock in the morning by myself with a cup of tea not the best way to watch it if you are going to watch this whatsoever watch it late at night watch it with friends have loads of alcohol then that's the environment to watch this in um but this is a weird one i think people can tell already tom we're not exactly enamored with this at all before we even start whatever we can say about it i've got a few points and this is this is what i want to bring up i'm going to say some things now and dear listener you may think this sounds like just the cup of cup of tea that me and tom drink up with the cheesy 80s action it sounds amazing when i was writing the notes mate it sounds so much better than it is and I'm going to go through a few things. The first 30 minutes, I was writing notes like mad. I was like, oh, my God, this is like, wow. Why am I writing all this? Because there's a lot to talk about. Middle section, 40 minutes, boring as fuck. Nothing happens. Picks up a little bit towards the end, but I'd lost all interest in what happened to any of the characters by then anyway. So it starts in 1970, Vietnam. Obviously not Vietnam, uh, some part of America. Uh, one of the soldiers has psycho 
stuck to his helmet, so you know he's the psycho. They have one helicopter for this Vietnam, he says with air quotes, scene. It's not it's not even like a Vietnam helicopter. It's like Magnum PI's helicopter. It's one of those. And it's it's not even camouflaged or green or anything. It's just, it's it's a black helicopter that they've obviously rented for one day and got as many shots of as they can. It looks ridiculous. And it looks so 1980s as well. The, the soldiers are having this gun battle, which is silly, to say the least. One of them falls in the water in these rapids. Now, these rapids and this dangerous water is waist high. This man's almost drowning in it. How do we know it's waist high? Because another soldier gets into the water to save him. And it, well, it isn't even waist high. It's not even up to his balls. He's just like walking into this water. This guy's floundering. And I'm thinking, why don't you just stand up, mate? You'll stop drowning then. It'll be one of them is shot now i had to rewind this because they're clambering up this rock face for what reason i have got no idea whatsoever and one guy throws himself off the rocks into the water and i thought why has he done that and then it cut to another scene and it cut back to this guy and there's all blood so i thought he must have been shot so i rewound it there's no squib there's no there's not even a gunshot sound it's just crawling off these rocks and then he pushes himself back and falls into the water there's quite a bit of stock footage of which well i'll get into the main stock footage shot in just a minute but this this one of my favorite stock footage shots is there's a real close-up of helicopter blades now you can tell it's the back of a is it a chinook you know those twin bladed big helicopters that the army have it's the back rotor blades of one of them and then it cuts to that little farty black holiday helicopter again it does not match whatsoever we get into present day there's a murder scene there's a there's a body on the floor it's covered by a blanket it's got police tape all the way around it this female reporter and her crew lift up the tape walk through the murder scene lift up the tape on the other side walk through it as though yeah this this body's in in my way screen directions off people are going screen left to right and then right to left and looking in all the wrong ways that's all off um there's oh my god there's a scene in a shop where two old people own this shop. This gang, oh, they look so menacing, of these teenagers with bandanas on. And about half a dozen of them come in uh, and rob the place. The, <laughs> the old folks, they get covered. The woman gets covered in mustard because that's a gang thing to do is wipe mustard on somebody. Uh, and then poured milk on, and that just gets ridiculous. Uh, the executioner, when you see him, has this thing that he'll he loves to put a grenade. Like the first one, I think he tucks the grenade into somebody's sock. No, he tucks it. The one of the the bad guys has got tights over his head, so he puts a grenade up at the guy's tights, and that explodes. Going back to the stock footage, you see a stock footage explosion every time he uses a grenade now to me already this is if i was listening to somebody explain and going on with stuff and i go yeah it sounds all right this sounds stuff happening it's cheesy good shit that we, you know that we like tom um then this stuff explains he doesn't he, the executioner doesn't shoot his victims and this is narration 
he either he either <laughs> uh, no not sorry he doesn't he either shoots his victims cuts them with glass or places grenades under their clothes this is this is narration before you see him doing that <sighs> there's more but i'm just going to hand it to you just while i calm down a bit <laughs> well um what well, i tuned out not far into it to be fair <laughs> Um, so there was one scene that made me like sort of raised a smile. Like there, it was the two Vietnam vets, the cop and the, um, executioner were like in their garage. There's a lot of garage based action. Every time I looked up, there's going to be a garage. Um, and he was just like, Oh, do you want a beer? And they get a beer out for the fridge. And then like a minute later, well, they've still got their cans and better touch them. Oh, let's go and get a drink. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's just, and it's, yeah, yeah. It sounds great what Dave's saying, you know, to people like us. But it's, it is poor. It's not entertaining. The dubbing, Actually, the dubbing, and I think I, dubbing, I, I like, mentioned this, didn't I, last month when I said I've picked it and I'd heard the dubbing was bad. The dubbing is bad in it. It's not like it goes beyond funny dubbing. You know, like we all we've all seen films with like the dubbing is quite funny, but this, it's because it's so loud in the mix as well. It's mm-hmm. just. In, very loud in some cases and yeah it's awful but... <laughs> despite let's just go back briefly to that store being robbed one of the one of the gang members has what is clearly a rubber knife it wobbles you can see it and he goes to the to the male owner and he doesn't even have the wherewithal to hold the knife properly to his throat. He holds the knife handle to the guy's throat. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't even hold the wobbly rubber blade to his throat. It's it's stupid. And uh, the tattooed man, Mr. Casals, they try to make him this big shot by showing him. He has his own club. And it's clearly some shitty bar somewhere in the arse end of wherever. Los Angeles, maybe. I don't know. But to try and make it look like a high-class club, they've got somebody behind the bar, and the bar itself just looks shit and run down. But because they have a lady behind the the bar itself in a cocktail dress and lots of makeup and talking rather like this, it makes it look like a high-class place. And then they've got a really tiny little stage where, I don't know, maybe they have a comedian every night or wherever this pub does. And they've got this... Um, I think they were going for an erotic dancer, which failed on both the erotic side and on the dancing side of it. Uh, films like this, they're normally scantily dressed as well, uh, sometimes even topless, um, sometimes even bloody nude. She wasn't. She was like dressed. She'd got like a tasseled top on and white pants. Yeah, doing the most clothed, Fully clothed dancers. Fully clothed dan- dancers doing the most shit dance you've ever seen. Uh, yeah, trying to be, you know, erotic. If anybody, if any, if any male in there had even the tiniest bit of blood thrown into the penis, watching that, it was there's something wrong with them. It was not erotic whatsoever. I mean, I don't know what this thing was, man. It was just it went to that club twice. They were not satisfied with one scene in there. They went back there where they got a different dancer who well, yeah, was still that... dressed but still danced just as shit as the first one. It's like, even though, like, I tuned out, like, they just reused the same sets quite a bit. A hell I mean, of a lot. It's, like, we don't mind low-budget stuff, obviously. Look at the next film we're about to talk about. But, um, 
this was just like these films need it's when they're boring it's it's the worst How, like, yeah there was with the, when one of the bad guys falls into a massive big trash container you know one of those huge ones and the guy chasing him's got a gun and he can shoot him but he doesn't he jumps into the trash container with him and starts twatting him with a can and he's got a gun and you're thinking what can afford the gunshot yeah oh and again it all sounds so good but i think and again going back to what we've you know we very often talk about letterboxd and you give it a one and i give it a one and a half and generous i was very generous with that (laughs) but from what i've said and just looking at the notes that i made it's like this should be up there. You know, I mentioned Jim Carter earlier. It should be up in that list with them, but it's it's not. No, no, it's... um, I don't know, because, you know, like I spoke about, you know, we spoke about quality control with it. Um, and you just mentioned Letterboxd. It's about... That's why I saw a thing. I think in the future, we've, we've agreed that we are going to, for these first watch films... We're going to just make sure there's people on letter letterboxed in particular because they're more film, you know, there's more. I think it's fair to say people know what they're talking about more on letterboxed than they do on IMDb. Mm. Yeah, seems to be generally, generally speaking, yeah. Um, just make sure people are like, oh, this was ridiculous, you know, four stars, you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Because this. We don't have much to say about this film. <laughs> the, the the one good thing about it is it's a really good print of it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it, look, it looks really good because uh, we again, you know, we've seen someone who's been awful. I talked in the last episode, didn't I, about that Lloyd Kaufman documentary that was god yeah. awful, Un- yeah, unwatchable, like second gen VHS quality. And yeah, this, this was really good. Be mastering this thing, but. Even even when a lot of the shots shots of the cop were out of focus, whoever filmed it. Oh, can I just briefly say as well? Because yeah. I looked, um, who I thought who wrote it? So it was a woman called um, Rini Harmon, and her IMDb uh, bio starts buxom. That's the first word you read of a bio. Okay. <laughs> buxom an attractive brunette. Uh, and she would write that about a bloke, would they? they would. <laughs> well, they wouldn't write buxom about a bloke, but they wouldn't be like well hung, <laughs> well hung, and balding. <laughs> no, they wouldn't put that at all. Uh, but her bio, right? I remember she wrote this, and it's not good. So I was reading through her bio, and it's quite a long bio. Uh, and she's like, she did a lot of work, she wrote the books film producing low budget films that sell teaching a young actor how to train children of all ages for success she does all these film directing killer styles and cutting edge technique what uh, and it was it was, <laughs> it was uh, directed by a guy called James Bryan now it seems that James directed everything that Rini wrote it seems that they were had a a good working relationship together. He was mostly worked in the sound department, and I was—he's got—I mean, he's got twenty-one credits as a director, um, but nothing much to go from, especially if this is any indication of his work. So uh, disappointing, mate. Very, very disappointing. Um, yeah. Uh, 
but in future, so this is a bit more entertaining. We will, we will, we will, uh, we'll check letterboxed and the like first. Yeah, we'll see. And if that lets us down, well, then. well we tried then, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, it's unseen for a reason. <laughs> so I think we've answered it, mate. But we always end with this bit. Worth a rewatch at any point in the future? Fuck no. <laughs> I think that's the most decisive answer we've ever had to that. No, won't be watching this again. Uh, if any of you out there have seen it or dare to watch it after listening to this, please let us know. Send us a tweet, send us an email. Uh, let us know what you think. I'd love to know. And we'll uh, read them out on next month's show. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get a bit of sanity back, mate, and move on to your rewatch pick? Yeah, let's let's do that. Don't bullshit me, Ian. This is Max. The only thing you ever wanted to be was a cop. It's the only thing you're good at, and God damn it, I need your help. L.A. cops are told to play by the rules. That can get you killed. The streets are calling you Shotgun Jones now. It's better than what they called me when I carried a badge. to carry a badge. Now I carry this. Okay, my rewatch pick is a film that we first talked about back in the 80s Picture House in 2013, not 2015. Um, <laughs> well remembered, Tom. Which was the first film uh, released by PM Entertainment. 
oh. uh, a, a label that Dave loves very, very much and has, like, I would say 75 to 80% of their output. And there was a lot of output into the 90s. Oh, yes. Uh, this is a film called Shotgun. It is a film that we um, watched. Like, I, I can't remember how it came to our attention. Dave, did, did you have it? I can't know without going back and listening to because I know you had like I know you had you would sit you were sitting on Samurai Cop yeah um, but because you'd seen that and then you're like yeah we've got to talk about this one but Shotgun I can't remember I can't um, remember um, but we watched it we loved it we one fateful afternoon while I was at work I found Stuart Chapin's email and dropped him a line and then we became friends with the entire Chapin family and um, we've done interviews with Stuart uh, we did a, a commentary track on mm-hmm. the film with Stuart um, we had our annual Stuart Chapin days um, obviously the most recent one which is why we were watching this yeah so uh, it's the most watched film it's not the most watched film I've ever seen that would probably be Terminator 2 or something like that but since I started logging films and then imported them into my letterbox. I've seen it nine times. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's up there. It's, you know, it's, that's, it's, that's good. That's impressive. So, so we watched it together virtually, didn't we? We did. It was the first time that I'd done it. I mean, you've done this a few times, haven't you? This whole zoom thing and you know, these watch parties and where you can watch virtually together. Never done it before. So it was really nice that on, Stuart Chapin Day this year, the special one where Stuart would have been 60, uh, that me and Tina here in Wales uh, could watch it with you down in Norwich, mate, at the same time and see each other and have a chat about the film as we were watching it. It was it was very enjoyable. I mean, watching Shotgun's enjoyable anyway, but to do it that way just added another layer to it, mate. It was really good. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's Yeah, like during this time, um, the likes of Zoom and... Uh, how well I, I used house party for about five minutes, but Skype and Zoom and you know mm. the video calls. You know, just I've done it with a few friends. Just you know, we uh, we're on each other, we're on our cams. We start we press play at the same time, and uh, away we go. Uh, so yeah, we'd said about doing it um, just generally, hadn't we? And then um, obviously Stuart Chapindo came around, so it's a perfect film. Yeah, definitely. So uh, and um, man, it's just like so. Shotgun if, for the uninitiated is. Is your basic your lethal weapon with a twist sort of thing? <laughs> um, your low budget lethal weapon. Well, no, no, like cool. like it's not low budget like uh, the Executioner Part Two is low budget. It's there's explosions. You know, some money has gone into it. The uh, the PM Murphy, um, Pepin and Murphy, um, they've obviously come from some sort of money in the same way that Andy Sidaris had. Yeah. Where they, you know, they've got a little nest egg and they're just going to spend it on these films of varying quality uh, <laughs> they really were finding the feet with shotgun though you can tell it's the first pm entertainment film because yeah. then as it because this is 89 as then it went into the 90s there's um i mean there's some genuinely good high action fucking dangerous scenes some of the stunts in some of the 90s films is absolutely ridiculous you think you're going to die, mate, doing that. And probably some people came very close to it. There's some cracking action films that they made. It really is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some yeah, excellent action in um, some of them. But, yeah, as you say, Shotgun was like refining the feet one. Yeah. Um, 
Ian Shotgun Jones, although it's not called Shotgun at the start. Ian Jones is a is a cop, and uh, um, he and his partner uh, are drawn into a case um, where a basher, uh, who is a individual who beats up prostitutes and kills them sometimes, um, yeah. sometimes just you know almost tears their spleens out, um, uh, breaks the ribs. Yeah, um, he is going around killing these prostitutes with a, uh, and he is a successful lawyer called Rivington. Uh, bear with me, <laughs> um, and who's basically got his assistant um, Rocker to go around pick these girls up, take them to a hotel room, and he beats them within an inch of their lives, or sometimes kills them. Yeah. Unfortunately uh, for Jones, his sister is a prostitute, which is a conflict of interest. Um, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, guess what happens? Then some revenge, mm-hmm. some crooked asshole um, internal affairs, limp dick, <laughs> sticks his nose in, and we're off to the races, really. Oh, so p- people that are familiar with the film will already have caught on that you dropped a few lines from the film during what you just said. Uh, and for, a, like you said, for the uninitiated, this film is so quotable has so many amazing scenes in it to talk about. It's, it's, oh, no wonder it's in. I, I say, I've said for so many years, haven't I, my holy trinity of these types of films. Yeah, you know, Samurai Cop, Shotgun, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. That's yeah, the holy yeah, trinity. The, yeah, they're the three. Yeah. And like you say about quotables, like we've, we've, it's a whole new language almost. Like when have we, when did we ever use the term piss wet before? <laughs> Shotgun. When did we ever use the expression Hershey squirts? Hershey squirts, kinkos, bashers, yeah, kinkos, like limp dick. Like we, it's just, limp dick was one of those. Just like you, you hear it, and like I've never heard anyone call someone else a limp dick in real life. It's only ever in films. <laughs> so yeah, limp dick. Um, yeah, kinko, uh, the bashers. Yeah. yeah, don't go near him. He's a basher. Yeah, which is a man who beats up prostitutes, or I guess beats up anyone could be a basher. So. Oh yeah. Um, we're looking for a basher. It's a, um, <laughs> He's got his just a memory. I've still got it, and I need. I think my mum's getting a new computer soon, so I need to get it off the old computer. And be text alerts. <laughs> well, I think Stuart's text alerts. Uh, he said, "I think it's on a Tom. You got a text, but be careful. It's on the basher." <laughs> <laughs> they were they were so good. He's got the film starts with. Shotgun Jones has got his own theme tune. Yeah, it starts and finishes with his own theme tune. Who gets their own song? Who, yeah, exactly. Who who does? Which action hero has their own song like that? Jones. Oh, it's amazing scenes. I, I don't want to spoil it too much for the people listening to this that haven't watched it, but scenes just to give you a taste of, of why you should watch it. You know, we've said so much already that surely you're already. It's on as well. It's on YouTube, isn't it? The whole film's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. So, yeah. like, I although mean, you can pick it up for a penny, can't you? On DVD, yeah, penny on Amazon or or the or the, or the YouTube. What? Mm. Uh, I mean, we always laugh like a bloody train at the sex shop scene. <laughs> yeah, sex shop, which is essentially. I know you said you didn't want to give too much away. Sex shop, which is essentially a video shop, which they just. And a very suggestive banana eating scene. Yeah, by Shotgun's partner, he goes in eating the banana, and then so the the sleaze ball who works 
at the sex shop who Joey. is who, Joey, who is into kiddie porn, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, like you said, suddenly gets a heart of gold as well, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> child porn distributor with a heart of gold. Yeah. Not often you see that in a film. <laughs> there's, a, there's a first, uh, yeah, surely. Uh, oh, Joey. Joey, Joey, Joey. And oh, yeah. he just sees his types of said pornography just on the, on the counter. Yeah. Before you. Yeah, not even under the counter. They're on the counter. Can I have one of those on the counter kiddie what porn the fuck's tapes? Under the counter. If, if kiddie porn is on the counter, Christ. Under the counter is the cesspool of God knows what. Under the, the counter is like the bridges of Madison County or. <laughs> yeah. Steel magnolias. <laughs> Beaches. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just like absolutely incredibly like PG, just genteel stuff. Oh, yes, it's a Friday, folks. There's a fish and chip van. A bit later than normal, by the way. I actually watched Steel Magnolias for the first time um, last week. I noticed that you watched it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, um, my, my friend Tanya and I are um, doing a watch-along. Of, this was her idea. Like, I'm nothing against it, of course. Doing a watch-along of Dolly Parton movies. Um, oh, so some good ones. Some good ones. Done, what's the first one we did was 9 to 5, which I hadn't seen, which was fine fine yeah, that's okay yeah. i didn't realize how silly that film was mm-hmm. um and then well it was rhinestone it had to be mate had to be rhinestone yeah and and, Dan- and tanya like you know what sort of film it is yeah she enjoyed it i was just like oh i was good mm, good, was like, good for and then um it was of course uh still magnolias which yeah. is um i mean getting into still magnolias for a minute during the shotgun talk obviously <laughs> like obviously it's a tearjerker isn't it yeah um, have you seen it? Yes, yeah, I have. Okay, still Magnolia spoilers, exactly what you expect in this. <laughs> <laughs> like, they telegraphed Julia Roberts dying so much from the off for when she has that as like diabetic thing attack in the hairdressers. I no just spent surprise. my entire Yeah, I just spent my entire film just waiting for her to die. And when yeah. it did, like I cry at everything. Like I cried at the end of the first episode of Quantum Leap. I cried like <laughs> fell up at episodes of The Simpsons. But this, I was just like, I'm, I've been ready for it. I mean, it's sad what happened to that character, but I just spent the whole yeah. film for it. So it, um, it does spoil it when you. It's just been telegraphed all the way through. Yeah, there's no yeah, surprise. The, the writing was quite a uh, like snappy and uh, hmm. yeah. But, uh, anyway, anyway. There's no bashing going on in Steel Magnolias. No oh, Kinko's no, in it, is it? No, it's just under Joey's counter. That's how we got there. <laughs> that is. That's how we did Back it. to the, the sex shop. Man. So I waited for the ice cream van to go talking about something else. <laughs> um, oh, could you have an ice cream? No, it's the fish and chip van. In this oh. hot, boiling hot weather, what you want is a bag of boiling hot fish and chips. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably eat that as well, but yeah, mainly an ice cream. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jones. Mm. <laughs> Steel magnolias has swerved as good style, yeah, and, and then I started thinking about ice creams. So, yeah. yeah, you were saying like, were you talking about other characters in it? Yes. Yeah. Have got to Joey? Dave, try and save this. <laughs> <laughs> There's action in it. The action in it. I talked earlier about how PM Entertainment went on to make really legitimately yes. good action films. The action in this well, is a precursor I, to it. There's some the squibs in it, mate. It's proper squibs. We've said before, fuck that CGI gunshot bollocks. Get, still now, use proper squibs. It looks yeah. so much so much better. Probably uh, cheaper as well, right? Well, you, well, maybe. I don't know. But it just, it just looks better. 
It really does. And there is some, there's some good action in it. There's this uh, A-team-esque scene of where they convert this uh, jeep into this killing machine with flamethrower and huge m50 gun or something on it and then go yeah. off uh in a scene that stewart nearly got beheaded in real life as well which i think we talk about in the interview um yeah so there's pm entertainment told you before danger in it all the bloody time uh and it's like stewart said uh, in the interview good for picture Good for sound. Moving on. They didn't care what happened in it as long as they got the yeah, picture and the sound good. right. Let's keep, let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, th there's a lot to enjoy in it. Yes, it's low budget. Okay. Yes, and by Stuart's own admission, the acting isn't great. The scene, there's a scene in the, the bar scene where Stuart gives his speech about his sister. It's, um, I, it's one of my favourite scenes. And... This is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, and I know I'm not insane when I say this. I know they're at one at the opposite ends of like the acting spectrum and the budget spectrum and and everything. But that Christopher Walken scene in True Romance, you know, where they're both together and it's the eggplant scene. Oh, yeah. that, that is that's one of the best bits of cinema ever. Just dialogue, just dialogue wise. I part the scene with Shotgun Jones and Max Billings in the bar alongside that because I love it so much just for dialogue and the way that those lines are delivered and nothing anybody can say will change my opinion of that. I don't care. It's There's so much to love about it. Things like that, just little things in it. And... You might be listening to this and go, oh, well, you know, you've got friends with Stuart. Obviously, you're liking that. We loved it before we even got in touch with Stuart. Yeah, we, well, yeah. Yeah, there's an 80s Picture House episode. I mean, obviously, it's not available anymore, but we talked at length about the film without even knowing Stuart. Mm -hmm. Then it was after the, watching the film and talking about it. It's when I emailed him. So, yeah. Um, yeah, talking about another scene was like this, like, I've, you know, what, nine times now. Um, there's still a scene where I think Stuart and Max are good. Ian and Max are going to kiss. <laughs> when they're, they're, they're drunk together. Yeah, I'm just like, they're going to this time. When they're drunk and it's... I think you're working out, they've got like about two cans each of beer and they're <laughs> so drunk. Yeah. And, and a Bill Cosby moment. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Max does... You'd swear was an impression of, of, of Bill Cosby, which is... A bit weird to say the least yeah especially now but um, yeah. it's just it's just absolute gold and um if you haven't if you're a fan of a so bad it's good if you're into your samurai cops and you know all these sort of ones that places like you know like your red letter medias and your um how did this get made how how did this get made how have these places never covered shotgun exactly yeah it's because we're still now we did mention in the last episode that we're looking for there's reasons why we're looking for who holds the rights to shotgun. Um, yeah. We've made little inroads, but we still need help. If there's anybody out there that knows somebody who knows somebody that can help us to find yeah. out who owns the rights to, to shotgun from 1989, please, please get in touch with us because we've got something planned that we would love to come to fruition. Mm. Uh, and it would be so good if it could, but the main step is finding the rights to this movie. Um, this movie that you should all watch. You've got no excuse. Like we said, it's on YouTube. It's, it's a penny on Amazon. Um, remember back in the day, Tom, that uh, 
when I, to my high excitement when I'd go into places like CEX and That's Entertainment and obviously go towards the DVD, inevitably I would find a copy of Shock in there yeah. for like a penny and take a picture and then we'd send it to Stuart and say, look, yeah. we found another one. <laughs> that was always good. So, yeah, there's no excuse not to watch it. Um, unless you don't like these type of films, of course. Well, then you're going to think it's terrible. Of course you are. Yeah. Um, but if you're like-minded with me and Tom, and God knows we talked about enough films like this over the years, both on 80s Pitch House and on these Decade of Decadence shows, and you haven't seen it, do yourself a favour. Go and watch it. It's Because it it's a classic. And it is, like you said, mate, it's one that... It's sadly overlooked. It's not... It's not put in with the likes so you know samurai cop is a high profile so bad it's good film yeah but for some reason this doesn't get into those conversations hard ticket to hawaii gets into it miami connection gets into it jim carter again that, they get into it um but shotgun doesn't for some reason and it should it should be right in there with them up, up right at the top yeah yeah it absolutely should more people need to know about the film they do yeah um so yeah love to hear people uh, if if you're a fan of it already, send us an email in. Let us know what you think of it. If you're going to do your first time watch, when you've watched it, send us an email. Even if you didn't like it, just let us know. Love to hear more about it. We'll read them out on next month's show. Uh, I, I want to know what people think about Shotgun as well. Yeah. yeah. If, if you've got a choice of the two, of the execution of two and Shotgun, bit of a no-brainer. <laughs> well, I should say that. You just reminded me of something. Um, if you're wanting to know what people think of it, obviously, since we last talked about shotgun mm -hmm. we got letterboxd and there was a few funny reviews on there yeah letterboxd have it like on an average of three stars so i was like yes yeah. so you see what i mean about letterboxd they know <laughs> that's good uh, out of five it's, it's out of five people it's not out of ten just in case nobody knows um this one uh was a review from 2015 um the, <laughs> just start with some quote sometimes i wish i wasn't a cop then i could hate cops and figure out ways to beat the system a blazing guitar lick so, how do you want it? Hips or hips? Fake Van Halen solo. <laughs> Quotes. Quotes from the film, mate, were always good. Yeah. <laughs> Favourite scene was when Grieving Ian talks about his murdered sister kicking a guy in the nuts and shakes up crying. <laughs> nuts. Recommend. <laughs> and he's grieving. Shotgun's grieving scene when he finds out that his sister's died and he goes for that walk along the streets of Los Angeles. Look at window shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's just but yeah um, uh, an extra star for playing an obnoxiously wailing guitar solo every time something moderately cool happens <laughs> the soundtrack to it is incredible it's got yeah rock guitar distorted guitar all the way through it just like these little riffs going yeah, on. Yeah. Any, anything at all happens yeah. who let this happen and why weren't there sequels <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun 2. Oh, my God. Oh. Well, yeah, we should say no more, Tom. We should just let people... Yeah, the people... Fun, uh, you, the, the letterbox reviews are uh, um, fantastic. Good. It's good. Sensible people out there that know what they're talking about with this film. It's always good to hear. Uh, but, yeah, please, uh, listeners, get in touch with us. Let us know if you're... said you've watched it before. It's a first-time view. Please be in touch with us. Tom... This one, we the rewatch film. The question always is, was it worth a rewatch? Again, I think we've already answered that. Absolutely, I yeah. can't wait for ten. Oh, that's it. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. Uh, 
we're going to take a break before uh, we say what the, the first time watching the rewatch is for our July show. But before then, we did say in last month's show, actually, there's a couple of things to cover before we get to that. We did say that the fundraiser we were going to start on June the 7th, Shotgun, uh, Shotgun, Stuart Chapin Day, uh, for the charity, we have put that on hold. We had a discussion, didn't we, Tom, with everything happening in the world. We don't talk politics. We don't talk COVID and all that stuff. People have enough of that in real life that hopefully we're some escapism and entertainment for you to get away from all of that bollocks. But we can't ignore what's happening in the world. There's a lot of stuff going on uh, that's not very pleasant in all sorts of forms of life. Uh, and we wanted that to take center stage for everybody. We didn't want to put yeah. stuff onto people's timelines with, hey, here's a charity thing, give some money for this, when there's a, a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, we are going to do it. We've put it on hold for now. Uh, we have talked to Vanessa Stewart's wife of the charity that she would like. It's a, it's a really good one. Uh, and you're going to hear what it is in a minute, because before we come back with next episode's picks, uh, we had a nice little chat with Vanessa. We did say we were going to chat with Vanessa and also chat with Stuart's brother, Bob. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the timetables to work to have the chat with Bob. Always the way when we're talking with people in, you know, it's bad enough with me and you, Tom, isn't it? Different parts of the UK. But then when you start factoring in people in other countries, it just gets more difficult. So we couldn't have the chat with Bob. There is an interview I did with him. Um, in yeah. an earlier episode, please go and listen to that. It was an early episode. I should have wrote the episode number down. Um, I can put it in the in the show notes anyway. Go and have a listen to that too. But we did talk to Stuart's wife, Vanessa. So sit back and have a listen to us chat with her before we come back with next week's. Next week's? God, I was going back to 80s Picture House days then, mate. <laughs> with next month's show. Uh, Vanessa, first of all, thank you for joining us. We've been looking forward to this, both me and Tom, for ages. So thank you for joining us tonight. It's it's a real pleasure to have a chat with you. You are so welcome. And thank you for taking the time. I don't know what else to say. No, it's fine. I mean, I want to start. Um, I want to know, and I'm sure all of our listeners want to know as well, uh, how, when and where did you and Stuart meet for the first time? Oh, my God, that's a long story. And the very short version is my mother came to take shut up. My mother came, my mother came to take care of me um, while I was sick. She heard an ad on the radio. Oh, there's a tall club. You should go join the tall club. You meet a nice tall man, except back in the days before there was uh, Internet. So I couldn't find this tall club. And for months she went on and on and on about it. And then a girlfriend who was six foot pulled me up, up one night and said, hey, you're tall. You want to come to a party with me? It's a club for tall people. And I met Stuart that night. Because <laughs> how, how tall was Stuart? Six five. Six five. That, that is tall. It, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> So, I mean, of course, I mean, we got in touch with Stuart. It's, it's going back a good few years now, but when both me and Tom were doing the 80s Picture House, because we watched Shotgun, we fell in love with Shotgun, and we thought we, we need to find, you know, Ian Shotgun Jones, and we found out, okay, it's, it's a guy called Stuart Chapin. And I think, was it you, Tom, who found Stuart originally? Yeah, I still remember it. Um, just one of those things I forget. I was just bored at work on a lunch break, and I was just like... I've got, I can't remember if it was a website or something. I found an email address and gave it a pun. And I think I was still on my break when I got a response. So it was very quick. And it was very much in the tone of, 
you're not the first. <laughs> no, he would he would periodically get strange emails out of the blue from from people all over the world. In fact, I think you're not the only group. There's another group, I think, in Australia or some strange place. So, you know, um, he loved it. He loved it. So. So thank you. Thank oh, you no. so much. It's our pleasure. I mean, we had a couple of great shows with Stuart. We had him the first time on and we just had our usual like, interview show where we talked about his life and, and his work and his passions. And of course, we touched on, you know, a shotgun. We went through that. And then we did um, we did the amazing show where we sat and it, I still I'm still getting chills thinking about it. There was me here in Wales. There was Tom down in Norwich and then this Stuart all the way over in America. And we were waiting pressing play on shotgun to and we all watched it together and did the commentary track together i mean that that was such a thrill to record that with Stuart. oh he loved it and i'm so grateful to have his voice on it in fact my new beau and i we've already talked about that we're going to watch this film with the commentaries at some point so we can <laughs> oh, see about great. my prior life <laughs> so. Because I know I, I burnt some DVDs, didn't I? And I put. You did, uh, yes. I remember putting out the first show that we did with Stuart on it, and then we put the movie on with our commentary uh, over over the top of it. And I know you as a family, you all sat together, didn't you, and watched yes. it when it got yes. there? Absolutely, what? we love it. We love it, and it's wonderful to have. Thank you so much. What, it really what, is a treasure. What do your children think when they're when they're watching it and they're knowing that there's people not just us, like you said, there's people worldwide who just love the movie and love Stuart. What what do the your kids think? You know, my husband was was an odd duck in so many ways. My kids absolutely adored the ground he worked he walked on. Um, he they just think it's kind of normal that there are people out there who appreciate <laughs> him for for being a strange odd duck who is just the kindest, loveliest, sweetest, funniest guy. So they just think it's normal. <laughs> it's normal. <laughs> Can you remember the first time that you watched Shotgun? I take it Stuart sat you down, did he? Or how did that happen? You know what? I don't remember the first time. I have a terrible memory. Um, I have epilepsy and I, I'm i famous in my family for, for not remembering movies. I watched The Sixth Sense with the family years ago when it first came out. And then years later, Stuart said, oh, let's watch it again. And I went, OK, I know I've seen it, but I couldn't remember <laughs> anything. So, so I'm pretty sure I watched it before you guys came on the scene. But I cannot be honest and tell you um, exactly when and how because... You know, he did a number of things. There was there are some other movies floating around, not to mention, you know, the 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 the, the insane stories of Hook, um, mm. where, where he used to sit and talk with um, Robin Williams. Yeah. They, they used to just sit and tell jokes in between takes for hours on end. Um, so so it got a sort of mixed in with with all of this other you know, crazy stuff he did before Vanessa. Before he met me, I never got to see any of this fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, you, I mean, you were so kind as a family too, and we you keep in touch. And of course, Tina's set swaps emails with you. And, you know, oh, we've yeah, always, get, we've always kept out. in touch. Yeah, and you yeah. know, it's been so good. And I remember um, sending we we sent both for me and Tom. We sent shotgun covers over, and he signed them for yeah. us. And yeah. of course, uh, Deadlock, which is a film that you and Stuart are in together that you made, and you both signed that for me. I mean, there's yeah. another film that people should should hunt out as well. 
Well, if if you want to see something, I mean, it's not it's it's well written, it's funny, but it's obviously shot on a seriously low budget in our house at the time, and um, you know, it didn't quite turn out the way we wanted, and then the negative got destroyed at the editors, so it it had a number of a number of issues, but but yeah, we had fun making that, and and I'm glad he had the chance. He always wanted to make a movie, so I'm so glad that we did it, even though it wasn't quite the the movie he was hoping for. But it is fun if you have a you've had a couple of beers and you're in a good mood. I would I would, you know, and I'm seven months pregnant in it, and, and extremely <laughs> extremely bloated looking, and he made me do this song and dance. Um, song and dance number, but I'm really proud of my head in the sink. I love my head. <laughs> my head sink, so. There's not a lot of people can say that, Vanessa. <laughs> That's right. I'm 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 good with being a head in the sink. Because <laughs> you said about fun, I know watching it. Every time I've watched it, it, that comes across in the viewing. You can tell that you guys had fun making it. And I think that that's a really big deal, isn't it? We did. We, you know, our, our whole life together was 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 doing crazy and 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 different stuff. I mean, not every couple can say, "Oh, we made a movie in our house," you know. And I played the head in the sink, and he stuck a key <laughs> up his nose. And I mean, you know, no, it was it was a good life. You know what, Vanessa? I'm sure that people knowing a lot of our listeners you saying just that that you're seven months pregnant your head's in the sink he sticks a key up his nose they're, they're going to be trying to buy this straight away as soon as they're listening to it <laughs> and so of course i mean towards the end of course that stewart suffered quite a lot but he was the way that he dealt with it uh, really touched the hearts of a lot of people and i know the listeners for his picture house he really affected a lot of people's lives with that and the, the blog that he put together as well uh you know he had a he had a positive effect on people right through to the end didn't he he still does you know um he's on on youtube uh he gave a talk at our uh uu mm -hmm. church about hope and and i still get emails every so often from people going oh i just saw that and what an amazing talk it is and and i still get emails occasionally from students of his you know who find out that he's he's died and they they find me and they email me um i still get um comments on Caringbridge, which is where the blog was, mm -hmm. from, from people I've never heard of. I mean, the, one of the most recent ones that I just noticed was somebody who'd gone to Tonga. Now, we went to Tonga in the year 2000 for the new millennium as a family. It was 30 of us all renting a small island off the, off the coast of Tonga. And we signed in the guest book, or rather Stuart signed in the guest book. And about a year ago, somebody went to Tonga, looked at the guest book, saw his entry, loved his entry, came home, Googled him, found Caring Bridge and wrote to me. So, you know, wow. I still wow. I still get, you know, re people reaching out through the ether, which is really, really lovely. That is that, that is such a great story that, you know, he's, he's still with us in so many ways, you know? Oh, he really he, is. Oh, believe me, he is. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to waste your time, but... But he shows up every anniversary. We, we, Catherine and I are used to it now. In the beginning, we would be like, why are you turning on the fan? I'm not turning on Yes, you are. I keep coming down. I'm up in the morning and the fan is on. Or why did you tilt the picture? No, I didn't. I mean, it's 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 now it's, it's oh, it's that time of year again. 
so yeah, he's around. He's doing fine. I have and it under reliable information. Well, that's great. that's good to hear. It really is good to hear. And of course, every year, uh, you know, myself and Tom, we get all of our listeners involved. We celebrate, you know, what we call Stuart Chaping Day. Uh, and we made the decision from the start, you know, when he when he passed away, we said, we're not we're not going to have it on the on the day that he died. We're going to celebrate his birthday. That's Stuart Chaping yes. Day to us. And we dress up yep. and we watch Shotgun and, you know, yep. we celebrate everything yep. about him. Uh, but this is a very special Stuart Chapin day this year, isn't he? Because he would have been 60 this year. Yes, I'm. Yes. Yes, he would have been. Yes. Mind boggling, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy to think. I mean, me and Tom were just talking earlier today about it's, we've been podcasting for eight years uh, next week. And uh, congratulations! Thank you. And I I was ribbing Tom and saying that he was in he was in his twenties when we started podcast. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's it's crazy how quick time goes. But we wanted to we always celebrate Stuart Chaping Day, and we always get people to watch Shotgun and join in. But because it's such a special one this year as well, uh, we want to start a fundraising, uh, and we mentioned it on on the previous episode, so people can be prepared so by the time people hear this it will be online it would have started on june the 7th and it'll be up all online um and we asked you vanessa didn't we of what charity would you like that that we can raise for stuart chapin day this year well before you guys have have raised money for the colorectal cancer alliance or for for cancer in Mm -hmm. in england and that is wonderful because obviously that's what stuart died of Mm -hmm. um but when we were struggling um as you can imagine in america even if you have medical insurance and we did um we still have to pay about ten thousand dollars a year in uh, deductibles so um as his illness went on every year you know you can imagine ten thousand dollars ten thousand dollars so by, by the time he was was in his last couple of years we were we were pretty pretty broke mm-hmm. and um there's not a lot that can be done for people in our situation that's why we have so many people go bankrupt in america so stuart in his young days did a lot of ren fair performing so he was he did uh, horse riding you know living chess games he'd get dressed up in renaissance gear he and his brother would do do jousting and sword fighting. And so he was a Ren Faire performer when he was young. Mm-hmm. And when he was very sick towards the end, we somebody from this group called Rescue, R-E-S-C-U, reached out to us. And they are a charity that um, helps ex-Ren Faire performers, especially with things like medical bills. Yeah. And they gave us money at the time. And I will never forget their kindness. They are specifically there because, you, as you can imagine, Renfair performers are not generally the type of people that go on to have the kind of jobs where you get health insurance. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they were unbelievably kind to us. And I have never forgotten them. And I would be thrilled and honored if you would consider them as your your source for collections in Stuart's name definitely yeah consider it done Vanessa that's that's what we'll do I think that's a really good one to do and I remember uh the listeners of 80s Picture House 
uh, supported us really well when we did the last fundraising. I'm sure listeners of 60 Minutes With will be just as generous and, and help with this great cause and, you know, just alleviate. There's a lot of problems in the world with everything going on, but oh, just yes. just helping helping anybody that you can in whatever way you can is, is always a good thing to do. Uh, that has basically been my philosophy since this coronavirus thing started and now the um the insanity that is america um every day every day it it well who can i donate to today even if it's five dollars i swear to god that's how my mind goes well somebody oh five dollars is better than no dollars so, <laughs> yeah. so you know, i pick a different uh non-profit you know every day or a couple of days and donate a small amount of money and at least i i i like to think that that i'm helping in a small way so yeah that's 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 all we can do that's all we can do isn't it and if everybody helps in a small way that's that's how you make a big difference so thank thank you to all your listeners for any kind thoughts towards Stuart. even just that makes me and my kids so so very happy thank you well it's good you think of people again on uh on june the 7th watching shotgun Oh, we'll be watching. I may be watching it with my new gentleman friends. So he's already been warned and he wants to see it. So, so uh, well, I me- suspect we'll be having a party that night. Yes. Oh, well, that's good. Well, me and Tom are watching it together. And Tina, me and Tina, of course, are together. And then we've got Tom. We're going to use the whole Zoom thing. So, yeah. we'll, you know, I'll be virtually in Tom's room and Tom will be virtually with me and Tina. And we're going to watch Shotgun. We're going to time it. Um for, for on June the 7th as well. And you mentioned as well, and I will put this in the podcast notes on our website because I think it's brilliant too. You mentioned, of course, about the speech that Stuart did it within the church and everything. Yeah. And I've watched it many times and I still get goosebumps every time that I watch it. I think it's it's so it's so emotional. It's so inspiring. It's so heartfelt. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that if, um, if, if you haven't watched it, I do encourage everybody to watch it and it will be it'll be on our website in the podcast notes for this episode, that's for sure. Wonderful, thank you. He would love that. <laughs> well, thank you, Vanessa. It's been so good to have a chat with you. And uh, like I said, the, everybody, please donate. The, all the links will be up on our social media. It'll be in the links for this podcast. And if if for any strange reason anybody out there hasn't seen Shotgun yet, you know you know what to do and then you know pick it up get it in a double bill with deadlock and there you go you can't go wrong there you go Stuart at his best and finest yes (laughs) well for the sake of the edit Vanessa we shall say goodbye and thank you again for joining us thank you thank you guys you have a lovely well as best as you can rest of the day and thank you for your time and your energies and your efforts it's so much appreciated Okay, it's my turn for a first watch pick, and I think it's about time, Dave, that you and I sat and watched a Politschotesky movie. <laughs> Which is? Um, some kind of Italian crime. Ah, uh, okay. I'm sure I absolutely, that was definitely how you say it. I'm sure anybody that listens to us in Italy will know exactly what you meant. Yep. Um, sorry. Sorry, anyone in Italy or and the world, to be fair. Um so this film uh, was released in 1980 and is directed by Lucio Fulci. Mm. So bang around the time he was doing stuff like The Beyond. Um, and it is a crime mob film called Contraband or The Smuggler. Ooh. So um, I checked with Dave and you've not seen it. I have not seen it. No, which is so, unusual um, for a Fulci film. Yeah, so it's good. So um, 
like I, you know, we're going on about quality control. Well, Lucio Fulci in his prime, um, that's that's quality enough for me. Um, don't know if it's going to be any good or not. But, uh, <laughs> I can't argue Lucio Fulci in his prime. So no, you wouldn't think it would be awful. I mean, Fulci, yeah. anything Fulci, I've seen anyway, is has always been worth watching for yeah, one reason or another at least. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised I've never seen it, mate. Really am one that passed me by. Excellent. Hmm. Well, so of course it's me with the rewatch pick, and my pick is from 1984, and it's Firestarter, starring a young Drew Barrymore, uh, from a story, of course, from Stephen King, originally by Stephen King. Um, I haven't seen, i said this lots of times, it's another one I haven't seen since the days of VHS. I do own it on DVD. It's one of those DVDs that sat in my collection for years and years and years and years and now is the time i am going to pull it off the shelf and go this is the rewatch so firestarter i can't i honestly can't remember anything about it at all nothing so, no i last watched it um well finally it'll be uh, almost two years um ooh, i did find okay. a date on their box 6th of july 2018 so hmm. Um, yeah, I've got the. I can't remember who put it out on Blu-ray. I want to say maybe Second Sight put it out on Blu-ray. I can see the spine, but I can't tell. But yeah. Oh, you've got the Blu-ray. Oh my God. Okay. Oh nice. yeah. Yeah. Oh. And a, and what a cast as well. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think we, we should have we should have a fair bit to talk about. I hope. And again, anybody listening? Uh, Contraband and Firestarter. They're the two films for the July show. Fire us an email. Uh, let us know your thoughts on those. Uh, be it. If you've watched them for the first time or, you know, it's a film that you're familiar with, let us know and we'll read those out and have a chat about it. Right then, mate, I am absolutely a hot mess here. It's so it's so humid. I'm not complaining about hot weather. Don't get me wrong. But because we're recording, I've got the window shut. I've got the door shut. Still hear the bloody fish and chip van, obviously, even with the window shut and everything. Um and it's it's so humid and hot. I'm I'm just melting. So I think we should call it a day, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I um, it's just as warm here. Um, having a window open wouldn't make any difference. It's does he say humid? It's still just a notch under thirty degrees here. Um, I'm gonna oh, I've got to make something to eat. And it's gonna be hot food. It's like oh. <laughs> it is definitely cold shower before you go to bed. Weather. So, it is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll be doing that. And hoping for a thunderstorm at some point. Mm. I was hoping for one last night, a really good one, and we didn't get it. So thunderstorms are always fun. Hopefully tonight. I, I just, I was saying this to my housemate earlier. I was just like, I like, especially when I don't have to have an alarm or anything, and there's a thunderstorm overnight, and just like lying in the dark and listening to it. Yeah. The... And masturbating. What? <laughs> I've said too much. I've said too much. <laughs> I thought. I thought, so you put the vision of you naked having a cold shower first and then just finish off with that. That's the, yeah. that's the way to go. I'll, I'll, leave you, I'll leave you loaded with that image. Thank you very much. Yes, to be fair, it's an image I always carry with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody knows the score by now. 60minuteswith.co.uk. That's the website. Um, there's a contact form on there. You can email us direct, contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. 
All the links to our social media are on there. Please follow them and all the affiliate links. Save money on all sorts of things to buy. News, reviews, all the podcasts. That's the hub of everything that we do. So have a visit, have a look around, and there's always stuff going up on there. And that's it. Till next month when we're back with uh, the July show. Um, well, after this, obviously, people have got the... the um, interview show with Stuart to listen to so that's that's good you've heard you've heard us talk about shotgun the film next up you've got us listening to the man himself so you've got that to look forward to as well that was a great chat Uh, but until we're back with the the July show we're um, going for a cold shower and masturbating during thunderstorms I guess what else what else did you do yeah cheerio Well, the government is looking the other way in the interest of uh, good foreign relations, and the DEA is cleaning up your mess in Mexico. Welcome home, partner. You want a drink? I've got a date. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a certain bounty to collect. Uh, someone I might know, perhaps? Perhaps. What side of the tracks are you from? You better watch yourself, Jones. I'm going to be keeping an eye on you.